Welcome to the Automating Success Podcast, where Joe Langton will be interviewing the world's leading minds on robotics, automation, AI, landscaping, snow removal, greenhousing, and so much more. Joe is a serial entrepreneur, the president of Langton Group, CEO of Automated Outdoor Solutions, and is currently building a community of green magic homes. Now, let's get the show started. Welcome to the Automating Success Podcast. Uh, you're probably not used to hearing my voice. Uh, normally, it's Joe doing this intro, but today, uh, you got Chris Broadhead, Joe's podcast producer, uh, sw- switching, flipping the script so we can interview Joe to hear about uh, all of the things that he's working on because he's also doing some super cool stuff. And uh, right now, Joe, Joe, where are you, man? That, that doesn't look like uh, your, your house or where you normally podcast from. Yeah, so currently I'm in England. I've uh, been here since Wednesday. And uh, actually I'm staying right now at Angel and Royal uh, Hotel established in 1203. I, I didn't even realize stuff was built in 1203. But yeah, a lot of history out here in England. And actually the little uh, chemical thing, London is an English name. And turns out uh, my great, great grandfather came from Pinchback uh, and uh, uh, England and I'm minutes away from there. So kind of crazy that business brought me back to, 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 to where my roots are. The other half of me is Italian, but you know this is the English side. So, <laughs> yeah, driving you back to the source. Yeah, yeah, that's what's pretty cool. You know, yeah. the land back in the home in the homeland. Yeah, that's great, man. Do Do you feel the energy? Can you feel your your ancestors looking at you? Um, well, I feel a lot of people are looking at me because I feel like a fucking giant out here. That's, <laughs> I, I I assume that. That my my size stature came from England, but honestly, being here, I don't know where it came from because there's there's not. I feel like a giant, but so yeah, people are looking at me for that, I think. But other than that, uh, they can definitely tell I'm an American. They're wondering what I'm doing over here, so it's pretty cool. You know? Yeah. Well, I uh, they're not the only ones. What what uh, what are you doing over there? Why why are you in England? Yeah, so. Um, so if you follow me, you know, people, if people follow me, they know we got into the golf course automation, picking up uh, golf balls with our range pickers and cutting, cutting golf courses. So we use the echo robotics technology for that. And they can cut acres of grass a day. And at the same time, we can pick up up to 12,500 golf balls a day. But, you know, I'm a solutions guy. I, I always say AOS is a solutions expert. And when I was starting to monitor, these golf courses where we have all these systems at, which, and we have 30, 30 of those robots, actually 31 out working for golf courses right now in the United States. And that's really only 25% of what they do. And actually the real irony is um, that's actually the part of the job the employees they have want to do, right? So they usually have like these 17 to one year old young men and women and the one part of the job they want to do is sit on a Kubota and just fling up golf balls and kind of go and take hits from golfers, just crushing the Kubota UTV with golf balls while they're picking up balls, right? But the real work, what I realized, comes from the after you gather it. So, you know, to, to share this, and if anybody listens to this that's in the golf industry, which hopefully that's the people that do hear this, um, 
they collect the balls, but then they have to take the balls, they have to put them in bins. And a lot of times they have to take it to a remote location because they don't have water out there. And then they have to wash the balls. And then they take washed golf balls and deliver them back to the driving range just for people to crush them back out there. And it's a constant cycle. So I started to do what I did in 2016 when I got into automation with the smaller units that we were using um, out in landscape properties. And saw that there was a great company in Europe called AMS. Uh, it's actually uh, Automated Managed Systems, ironically. Um, that's their company name. So it's pretty close to AOS. And they came up with a great solution, which is a ball uh, collection system. And what it does is the robot drops into a pit. That pit has an actuator that moves back and forth. The golf balls drop through, hit a vacuum line, sucks into a uh, location that then they get centrifugally scrubbed from the suburb, goes to a bin, and basically there's no human interaction. Um, so I figured out a way to bridge the other 70% of the work on a driving range by making this relationship in England with AMS. Wow, that's uh, that, that's next level. How, how did you figure this out? Like what, you, you've been working with golf courses for a, a minute now? Well, yeah, I mean, we're only a couple of years now. Um, I, you know, I'm a quick learner, I think, right? But how I look, how I, I should actually not say I'm quick to adapt, quick to pivot. And what I realized was um, the real pain point was in the collection of golf balls, not so much picking them up. Um, it's definitely a pain point to pick them up, but the bigger pain points in collection. So how I figured this out was the same way I've done it in the past. I am not, it's one of the things that makes me unique in this industry. I'm not an engineer. I am not an IT guy. I don't want to sit behind a laptop. I want to look around the world and figure out what's happening in other places. It's one of the things I'm very passionate about. I never, Chris, you and I have had discussions about this. If human beings could spend more time on collaboration and less time trying to figure out how a certain nation might be smarter or better than the other, I think we would be way farther ahead in life than we are. So that's that's a core belief of mine. Um, to just kind of look around and say, hey, somebody else might have a product, and if they're willing to partner with with me, I can help them expand and become global instead of in, in a local market. So that's it. I mean, it's as simple as that. I, I took some time to look around, saw this system. I met with Phil, who owns AMS in San Diego at a golf event last year. And honestly, to be true to my kind of my I am as a person. This is another situation where I treated Phil with respect and didn't make him feel like I was going to come in and trample on his territory. And here we are with a relationship, and I'm bringing the system to the United States. That's awesome. So how how is the system set up going? Is this the first system that you've set up? Yeah. So I mean, I've seen pictures of the system, I've seen videos, um, but. I felt this trip was uh, was crucial in order for the success in the United States because I actually wanted to see his engineers actually doing the install. Um, you know, it's one thing to say, here's the technical specifications and this is how it works. But at AOS, we are always people dealing with uh, 
true environmental elements. Every place in the United States has different weather, different climate, um, different temperatures, and I wanted to see exactly how his system was engineered and how it would actually work in the United States. So, um, so you know, I, I learned a lot while I've been here. I, you know, I learned that something we'll have to worry about in the United States is groundwater. Um, and I needed to see what I was going to do with the drop pit if we had on water issues. So I, I think that I figured that out with him and his engineer. Um, concerned about that. Had a look and see longevity. So the biggest thing I did out here, uh, Chris, they have a hundred systems in operation um, in England alone. And when I say a hundred systems, a hundred uh, automatic ball wash drop pits. And what I did was I said, hey, take me to the old ones. Um, as a matter of fact, if people go on my social media, to my TikTok automated outdoor or the stuff I posted on Instagram, there's some pretty dingy, dirty back rooms that people are probably like, what is Joe taking pictures of? But what I think pictures of systems that are two or three years old uh, to see that they were still operating because I didn't really want to put the AOS name behind it if it looks good for three months and then it doesn't work anymore, right? But these systems are operating. They're collecting golf balls, they're walking golf balls and bringing them back to the bin like they're supposed to. And that's what I needed to see to put AOS's name behind this and bring it to the United States. That's awesome. Um, so two follow-up questions. You you seem to really have your finger on the button of like these newest automation um, options to, to help support your customers. How, how, how do you keep... Uh, you know, on top of these developments? And then what what are your hopes and goals for um, incorporating this into AOS's uh, solution offering? Yeah, well, Chris, those are two great questions. Um, and thank you actually for, for saying what you said. That's kind words. The first thing, since I got into this in, in uh, 2016, I've always looked at it differently. And I don't, I'm I'm a I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a businessman. I'm a numbers-driven person. So, where I think a lot of people in the United States so far they stumble on size, right? They look at something and say, "Oh, I can't see how that automation is going to work for us," and and then that's their stumbling block. For me, it's just it's a numbers thing. So, um, when I look at things, I look and say, "Okay, what automation in our world hits a price point?" that we currently have in the United States. That's one thing that helps with kind of having a good pulse on the automation that'll work or not work. I mean, it's great to have a great idea and a great concept, but if the concept is more expensive than the current current market rate we're paying, we're never gonna automate it. We'll always do it with people anyways, right? And then automation's not solving any problem. So how I've kept a good pulse, um, A is I feel even our podcast automating success, Chris is, open, collaborative, kind of proves what we're trying to do, which is to um, solve problems in industries that are underserved. And I believe outdoor industries are very underserved. They're not respected uh, in the industry because they're not in a clean, confined manufacturing building. They're outside um, and people just think, oh, there's tons of cheap labor that we're happy to do that work. And they're just not. So how I've kept the pulse on that is I'm a large employer of people in the out, outside space. And like I've said before, some of my greatest employees, when I ask if, you know, their son or daughter is going to come and work for our company, uh, when they, you know, when they're an adult, they say, oh, no, hell no, they're going to be a teacher or a nurse or a doctor. 
Um, so I know our industry is going to have issues. So I look and say, okay, where do I see uh, a part of an industry that's going to be short on labor and where can we look at automation? Um, the other thing, Chris, is, you know, Europe is, and when I say Europe, I mean, I'm in England right now. The English would say, don't call us Europe. We succeeded from the European Union. We're not Europeans, you know. They, I've learned that. But they've really taught me this since I've been here. But um, over the pond, we'll say, you know, you, you fly out, out east here and um, they don't care about size. You know, all their vehicles have smaller engines. They're all smaller. Um, they've figured out how to do more with less. And I believe in that. So I think, Chris, to go back to your original question, and I know this is really long-winded and I apologize, but... Um, but I think I've just been able to see things differently because the smaller piece fits in to the price point we needed. It's as simple as that. Awesome. Awesome. And, and I, I guess like what, what are your, what, what's your big hairy audacious goal with these systems? Well, so listen, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an ambitious man, right? So here, here's, here's what I know. Um, there's 14,400 driving ranges in the United States. And if you ask me, I'm going to automate all of them. So it's not a matter of when, it's just a matter of if. Uh, they'll be the first people to do it right out of the gate. Um, if I can automate the first 30% with other people that are visionaries like myself, uh, that's my first five-year plan. That means uh, there'll be a $125 to $325 million vertical just in ball washing alone. That doesn't even include the picking and the cutting. Um, and then when you really expand that out, I see this as a billion dollar vertical for AOS. And of course that means I'm gonna need a lot of people. I'm gonna to have to have a large support network to do this. I've said to people for years, Chris, and you know this as my producer, I'm an industry builder. Right now, every person working with me right now, right now, even yourself included, we are building something that does not exist. We're industry builders. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that think when I say that I'm out of my mind. There'll be tons of people when they hear that they'll be trying to go and get agreements just like I did. And quite frankly, I'm a collaborator, so I'm okay to say it out loud. Uh, my attorney or the attorneys tell me I talk too much, but I really am somebody that wants to see the industry succeed. But um, I'm going to be a huge part of that. Every the teams with me will be a part of that success. That's that's awesome, Joe. That, that's really exciting. I, I love that. Any any new development, um, you're just like you immediately see it. You're like, okay, here's how many billions of dollars this new industry that I just heard about like ten minutes ago is going to be worth. Uh, that's a really listen. It's it, it's pretty simple math, right? I mean, I was actually so here here's a little funny thing, and and Phil from AMS would laugh at this. We were actually at dinner last night. He took me out. Uh, by the way, first time I've ever eaten Indian food in my life. Somehow I did that in England. I, I don't really know how the hell that happened. Oh, that's but, their uh, national dish, man. They love Indian food over there. Yeah, well, so they took me there. It was pretty awesome. Um, place was great. And uh, so we were talking and and I, I, we, I, I told them this is what I think the vertical is, how much money I think this is worth in the United States. And even he didn't see it. He just took out my phone and had a simple math, right? I mean, uh, the average cost of a system is going to be 50,000 bucks. You do the number, you do the math, and you see it. And, you know, some people listening to this would hear $50,000 is the obvious mind, but 
But I can tell you and I can assure people if they get on the phone with me and we do a cost calculation together, I believe a $50,000 system will give golf courses, I would say, fifteen dollars to $20,000 a year of money that they are not going to know what to do with it. Um, and at the end of the day, the thing our, our country and our world is lacking is customer service best. Uh, and I think that the people that get involved in automation in the beginning will have extra money to hire people that have great customer service skills and will benefit their clubs greatly. Um, and, and how I come up with that number is this. I think most clubs spend about, this is what I found in the clubs I'm working with, Chris, between four and six hours a day ball collection. Um, those same courses probably spend another uh, eight to 12 hours in golf ball cleaning a day. And then they spend between four and six hours a week cutting the grass uh, in, at the range. Now, if you did the math and somebody can check the math on that, uh, I think if I just said eight, four, that's 12, another six. Um, so, you know, we're talking, uh, let's say 25, 24 hours, right, of, of time a week. Well, in the South, that's 52 weeks a year of time, right? Uh, in the North, it's maybe 32 weeks in, in, in the Midwest. My point is don't realize that the people that are out there are really not serving their clubs that well anyways. So the new generation of people that want to golf, they're techies. They have a cell phone in their hand. They're happy to see a robot flow, uh, roaming around, picking the grass and cutting. And by the way, I didn't mention, it's 56 decibels. It's very quiet. So most driving ranges are nestled in by houses. So the people that live by the ranges are happier because it's quiet. Um, it's eco-friendly. We're green zoning golf courses all over the country. Uh, we just did Bull Valley Golf Course in Illinois. Actually, our mutual friend Gary uh, has a uh, green zone driving range now. And this is just because our systems are eco-friendly. And by the way, I'll say in the in Illinois, we have near power. So our power is truly cleaner than some other parts of the country. So there's a lot of great things that, that this is going to do for people, not only monetarily, but visually. That's awesome. So what uh what what is the growth plan? Like like you have the the service dialed in, you know it can really help. Uh, your your target market. What what's the growth plan? So right now we're doing things kind of very organically through word of mouth. You know, it seems to me that once we work with one driving range, they seem to refer us to another. That's not going to last forever. Um, likely we'll have to raise some money uh, because obviously it takes a lot of money to grow a company. As quick as I think this one will grow, so we're open to those opportunities. I'll say this openly: uh, I've had. The opportunities given to AOS, and uh, I think those some of the people that have come with me with the money there were a little bit uh, overzealous or a little bit greedy. I am an entrepreneur that will always want to have control over the company because, quite frankly, I want the vision and I want to be able to pivot as quickly as I have been. I believe that if I can't do that, it's a detriment to the brand at this point uh, because the brand because the industry is so new. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of contemplating if we want to franchise this. I wasn't, I, I didn't franchise the robotic mowing uh, side that I got into with the landscaping because I don't believe there was enough margin potential in the command. I believe it's why MOBA had initially when it came out uh, with Husqvarna. Um, but I believe this could be different. So 
we're uh, we're evaluating that. I can't legally say I'm going to do that or not do that because there's some major franchise law, but I will hint to the fact that we're looking at it. And um, yeah, I mean that that's what we're doing. I mean, at the end of the day, Chris, I am going to need a lot of people to do what I want to do because when you start talking about numbers of 225 million to a billion dollars, we're not going to do it with 12 people. You know, but everything starts somewhere, and. Uh, Everything started from nothing. I mean, look at Amazon, right? I mean, the guy was was a bookstore, and look at him now. So, thank. Hey, amen, brother. Create creating jobs, having having a blast on the way. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's something I want to comment to. Also, the uh, I don't know how long this check is going to be. But, you know, I never fail to have uh, words to say. But, you know, that's one of the biggest things. When I, yeah, when I when we got started, I mean. I, I used to tell you this, Chris, when we first got started together, people would go on my social media and actually, at least they were kind enough to just leave it in Messenger and not put it out for everybody to, to see, but they'd basically tell me I was a job killer and every form of evil you could think of. And I never let it bother me because I've always had the vision of knowing that it will just be creating different positions. It's like it's like the phone operator, you know, when you watch... Uh, an old episode of Leave It to Beaver, and they ring it up, and there's a girl that plugs in and goes to the next person. That person ceases to exist, but everybody's seen an AT&T, T-Mobile truck driving around. The, the, the technician replaced the mobile plug operator, right? And one day, the AOS technician will replace the person sitting on a ball cart. The irony, the biggest problem I have right now, when I'm out at driving ranges when the people working at the range see our technology they're asking if they can work for us and then i'm telling them i feel like that would violate some sort of working agreement with the golf course i'm trying to fix labor issues but that's the stuff that inspires me chris because when i see people seeing what i'm doing and asking if they can work with us that that is actually probably all i need to keep inspiring me to keep going that, that's awesome. Yeah. I, from my perspective, you are um, eliminating, you know, not fun jobs and creating better jobs, you know? Well, absolutely. I mean, I, you know, I want to tell a story, a quick little thing. Like there's a girl that works with us named Grace. Um, ironically, she's the daughter of one of my longest running landscaping customers. I mean, literally this, this woman, uh, contracted me and my brother when we were just a pickup truck at Langton Group, you know, and um, the girl's going to school to be an environmental engineer, and she's trying to convince, I think she's going to University of Iowa, of Iowa, she's trying to convince the university to allow AOS to be her internship, because she never wants to leave AOS, and this girl's going to school to be an environmental en engineer, but I shouldn't be surprised, right, she's working with us, she's soldering uh, lithium batteries together, um, She's uh, fixing robotic lawnmowers. I mean, she's doing cool stuff. And she, why, and, if, and I asked her why she became an environmental engineer. And she said she wants to have an impact in this world and help engineer things that can help the environment. And here she is getting in all electric outdoor automation. So, should inspire anybody that wants to get involved with us to know that, like, this this industry has legs, right? This is not going to be like a quick little blip, and then people will be like, "Oh, it's not cool anymore." Um, 
this this is an industry that's going to carry people into retirement and that's really cool for me to know yeah and that's you know i I think that even goes past the technology and automation that you're incorporating you're you're you create uh you know company culture that people really vibe with that they want to stay with they feel like they have a purpose and a value and they're they're making a difference so i think that that to me is as valuable or more valuable than the, the cutting edge technology that you, you know, constantly find yourself involved in. I mean, Chris, at the end of the day, I think we're involved in it because um, it has about, I told somebody the other day, people like passion. I mean, people want to have passion in their lives and they're attracted to, 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 to people with passion. And I'm very passionate about this industry. I want I want landscapers to be successful. I want golf course uh, owners and, uh, and operators to be successful um, because at the end of the day, it's it's kind of circular, right? It's it's all tied in. It's outdoor space. It's all sorts of outdoor space that needs maintained, and it's outdoor space that human beings enjoy, right? Um, I'm even though I love I love technology and automation. I'm never going to be someone that's a fan of uh, people sitting on VR in the metaverse all day when we have so many beautiful things we can see and experience in an outdoor world. And, you know, I even dabble when I'm talking about making commercials of, you know, I've told you this before, Chris, that we just never produced the damn thing, is to take a robotic mower or golf ball picker and realize how many things in nature you can actually hear when that loud piece of equipment is not running next to you. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's so many things that inspire me and, and get me excited uh, to do this. And, uh, and 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 by the way, the relationships I'm making. I mean, I mean, hey, when I was plowing snow, you know, I started plowing snow in 1999. Every electrician that I ever knew said I was moronic. They literally said, you got the best job you could ever have in the world. You're a union electrician, man. And I was like, yeah, that's so much for me. It's a good job, but I'm not a job guy, right? Clients know, never did I think 57 hours straight in a plow truck that I'd end up in England when I was 43 years old, getting a distribution license agreement to bring a system back to the United States. I mean, I'm not bragging. I'm just truly saying, like, I am living my best life I could possibly live. And it's because of outdoor automation, you know, because I would have no reason to travel as a landscaping contractor, even though I love that job, too. But at the end of the day, I love that company because of the people in the company. So every company I build, when I look back to what actually makes me love it the most, it's because of the people in it. And automation is going to be no different. Amen, brother. Well, I think that uh, I think that's a great place to close this check-in, man. This, this is exciting. You're across the pond, uh, installing some really exciting new uh, setups. We're we're excited to continue watching you on your journey, man. Thank, thanks for checking in with us. Yeah, a little segue for our next check-in. I'm leaving here the seventh. And then I'm going home for a few days. So I make sure I keep a fiance in my life and uh, see my daughter and my dogs. And then I'm going to go um, back to Fort Lauderdale. We've got some interesting stuff. I'll, I'll leave that cliffhanger for our next check-in. But we've got some other pretty interesting stuff we're doing in golf. Um, it'll be the first 
first of it in the United States, uh, December 12th, we'll click that on. So maybe we'll do a check-in uh, after that and I'll take some video when we can get it posted. So. Elias, can't, can't wait to hear more about that. More about awesome. Joe's entrepreneurial adventure. <laughs> awesome. All right, we have a good one. It's uh, almost bedtime for me here, seven o'clock, Chris. Yeah, man, you gotta you gotta get to bed. What time is it out there in California? It is yeah. not even eleven a.m. Holy cow! I can't believe it. Yeah. So, so awesome. Awesome. Thank thanks so much for sharing your time with us, Joe. We uh, look forward to the next check in on your on Joe's entrepreneurial adventure. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you enjoyed the ideas shared here, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Please share this episode with anyone you think will also find value here. You can find short video clips of the best moments from the episode at automatingsuccess.net and on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube at automatingsuccess.net.